It's time for Seminole Headlines, featuring Warchant.com's Jeff Cameron, Managing Editor Ira Chauffel, and Senior Writer Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, Pistols and Pies, starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. The Seminole Headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio Warchant TV. Great to be with you. There's Ira. Corey is... In Atlanta, but he's with us as usual. We are off to a weird start. You're seeing us on YouTube, though, and Corey can't hear us. So we'll get that fixed here in a second with him. Uh, but uh, that said, if the radio audience has no chance to hear us right now. It's you and me, Ira. It's what we got right here. <laughs> we got we got a couple people in the chat, so we're good, man. We we got, can, people are starting to get in. They say we're muted. There's something going on. Something's not working. Does this need to be on? How about that? Does that work, everybody? If Corey still can't hear can Corey, can Corey talk? Can we people hear can Corey? He, people can hear Corey, but they can't hear <laughs> You hear us, Corey? He says he does now, but we don't hear him. We don't hear him. It's getting switched. It's a mess. We had something happen from the previous show going into this show. No, I know. And then all of a sudden, nothing is nothing is working. Now is it working? Do I get a nod? Yes. Corey, can you hear Chad us? Chad is saying the sound is I, on. I hear you. I've been here. I've heard you for 30 seconds. Everybody hey, Corey. hears everybody now. All good now. Hey! I'm going to start, What, what time? This show starts at 106, typically, right? So we're all good? We're good. We're all good. All right. Everybody's fine. Sweet. Don't worry about it. Stop talking. Corey's going to fire somebody. All I'll say is... Uh, is not I wish I had that power, standard. Ira. I wish I'd had that power. <laughs> Yay, sausage! I'll just do that. There we go. Welcome back. It is uh, That is Ira. There's Corey. I'm Jeff. Dealing with some technical issues. Not ideal, but let us soldier through, and we'll do the show for the YouTube audience for now. Register Sausage is there by our side. And when I think of delicious sausage, I think Register Sausage. <laughs> there is only one. There's only one. Did you see the uh, the recipe? They're putting out like recipes. Oh, they're they're showing you how to make dishes, and uh, no. I think they had one. Uh, they posted one on their social media accounts. For uh, uh, registered sausage nachos, mm. and it looked pretty oh. tasty, guys. I mean, it looked really. All and right. Went through the whole. They have like a one and a half minute video. They're expanding the. They're gonna take. They're gonna have their own channel soon. Good lord. Registered sausage. Uh, well, I think we need to be a part of that too. We also need to be a part of these earnings as they continue <laughs> to build an empire. Yeah, I think, uh, they, think they, on they, our backs. They've taken care of us. They've Good taken care lord. Of us. Yeah. Registermeats.com is a website. They have uh, you can order in bulk. They have packages of several pounds of uh, of, of delicious pork. You can have delivered to your house. You can get the sampler. You can get uh, or just pick one kind if you got a favorite kind. I uh, tweeted a picture over the weekend of uh, breakfast. Had the short links for breakfast. I love the short links. Very it's good. kind of underrated. Yeah, yeah. I like, really like the short links. There's probably nobody's number one. No, but I, but, I, but I think it, they're in the top three or four. For, yeah, for every most now people. and again, you're just kind of like you know, I just want the short links today. Yeah. Quality, good, good effort. Well, thank you, Register Sausage, and good job, Ira, as always. Pimping said, Register Sausage. What's uh, happening, boys? We haven't spoken uh, since the time we got together last week. Unfortunately surrounding um mike martin's passing uh and then i went out of town been so, gallivanting south been, florida i've been going down nba games guys just hanging out watching the stars our boy terrence man had a thunderous yeah. dunk in the game i was at it was so, awesome so last weekend you were in miami mm-hmm. this past he was in atlanta yeah and i was hanging out in mobile oh you were at the senior yeah. bowl you were doing we're it checking, up you I, got to see some of our guys dominating uh <laughs> It's not like you to go over to Mobile, is it? I've done it once. I did it uh, the year EJ won the uh, MVP. I was over there for that. All right, so well, what's the takeaway other than our guys shined? Yeah, I think Braden Fisk was – I mean, all of them played had good weeks. Johnny Wilson, from everybody I talked to, had a good week. Jaheim Bell had a good week and, and played some in the game on Saturday. 
Uh, but I think Braden Fisk did the most for himself. I mean, I, and he's a guy that, you know, I, I've wondered. You know, he's a really good college player. I wondered I wondered when he came in here how he would adjust to the jump to power five. He obviously did that really well. And I think from what you saw in that game, the way they used him. And then what was really cool, one thing I didn't write about, I mentioned it in my story, but it was really cool, was after the game because they switched him. He was on the American team. The national team needed defensive linemen, so they switched him that day. And uh, and all of the American defensive linemen, really, and a bunch of American team players were going to him after the game and like kind of mad at him for, for switching sides <laughs> and for playing so well. And uh, so it's I mean, a good you compliment. Just, you could just tell all these other college all-stars that were there all week really liked him and, and the way he plays. I heard uh, McShay on Rosello. I don't even know if McShay works for anyone anymore. I, I, I literally yeah, I don't, don't know, know what his job yeah. is. Yeah. Um, but he talked about um, – he talked about Bra- – well, he called him Brandon Fisk. But he yeah. talked about Brain Fisk being uh, um, the, uh, the one of the most impressive guys at the whole – at, at the whole the senior bowl. And I don't even think he was talking about the game. He was talking about the one-on-ones and the practices. Right. Uh, and he was good. He was perfectly good in the game. He was very good in the game. They double teamed him the whole time. And you start to wonder, I mean, I don't think he's a first round pick. Obviously they don't, he, he's, he's not maybe the quite the requisite size for a first round defensive tackle, but he's a second day pick, right? He might be the third player drafted by Florida state. Don't you think, don't you think yeah. he's worked himself into that? Yeah. I thought at the end of the year, he was virtually unblockable. He you saw him incredible. Re- yeah, really dominate games. And uh, he, he did a lot over the course of the year to kind of move up the ladder, if you will. When you when he first got here, you just thought he might be a really nice addition to the team. He was going to play. Uh, had to prove he was healthy. Then from there, you realized he was a difference maker. He wasn't just a fill. You know, he was a guy that really kind of could change the game for stretches. And then late, I remember thinking, well, if this continues, he is going to play his way into that, uh, you know, third pick, third Florida State guy off the board. We're talking about Jared Verse and Keon Coleman going one-two for the Knowles in terms of the order of Florida State players that get drafted. Uh, but yeah, Corey, I think you're right. He could. He's been really, really good, and he's so quick for that size. Yeah, and when I I asked him what's next, he said, "Well, I'm going back to train in Miami for the combine, and I'm going to run a fast 40." And I, I believe it, man, when you see that straight line speed, like when he chases the ball down, there was that clip people post on social media for the weekend. Dude's moving. He outruns, uh, yeah. you know, Mike Norvell is, I'll grant you, 42 or whatever, oh, but he was a receiver and he's like a buck yeah. 90. He's yeah. outrunning him. That's yeah. kind of crazy. Um, so, yeah, he's fast. He's very quick twitchy off the line. He's really strong. So, good for him. Yeah. You know, that that those it should be noted once again. I've brought it up before, but for all of the anger that people felt about the Orange Bowl, uh, there were a lot of guys that, like Braden Fisk and others, who needed small procedures, something to get themselves ready. They had to prepare themselves for this because they, they can really change your financial fortunes. I mean, right. this is a lot more important than that exhibition game, and it was sad what happened, and we all know the reasons for it. But here's an example of a guy that's probably made himself a ton of money by readying himself for that event. He's also – you think, oh, God, do, you, do you guys think that – um, if Florida State gets more players drafted than Alabama this year, that I might tweet about it. <laughs> well, Corey, we and one of them might not be the quarterback. So again, we're talking about who I, I would guess Jordan Travis could be drafted, but it's going to be late, and he might be the seventh or eighth player drafted. Jaheim Bell get drafted before him. Uh, go, I don't know, Renardo Green probably. Uh, you, you know, there's guys that will betray Benson. Like he might be drafted, Johnny Wilson. So you're talking about the seventh or eighth guy that gets drafted, maybe. 
And it's like, okay, just know that I'm going to be clocking that. How many Alabama guys get drafted? How many Florida State guys get drafted? So we can just revisit that discussion about how Alabama was clearly a better team because of the quarterback. Yeah, and there's this is a draft that I think Florida State fans have been very excited about for a while. We projected before the year even began that they could have 10 to 12 guys go. I mean, potentially go in the draft. Now think about that. How long has it been since Florida State had anything close to double digits in the draft? And all of a sudden, you know, on Sundays, and I love NFL football, not everybody does, but it gets easier if you're a Florida State fan to flip on the NFL on Sundays when when you can flip around the league and you see a guy on almost every team that you're watching, at least one player out there on the field is a Florida State guy. And it's really, really good for your program, for the look of your program, and to draw more players in. And we could, we talk, we've told this story a thousand times, but if all those transfers end up getting drafted, many of them in the first four rounds, it's huge for the next group of kids that you're going to be bringing in in the portal. I, why yeah. wouldn't you come here? Especially uh, most of those guys, if not all of them, maybe everybody other than Keon Coleman, probably, and maybe Jared Verse, um, were not anywhere near the, that level at their previous school. You know, the Trey Bensons and Johnny Wilson really Correct. didn't do much at the previous schools. Uh, you look at even you know even um, Jerry you know, Jones Braden, is going to get drafted. Yeah, Braden Fisk maybe, but I feel feel like just doing it at this level, doing it at the Power Five level, helped solidify yeah. it. He may have done that if he had gone to Notre Dame. He probably would have. I don't think there's any doubt. Yeah, he's a good player. I do think Odell and that that staff has done a good job with him. But but he was really a good player. But when he came to Florida State, um, but yeah, the most of most of those guys, and, and then you know you talk about some of those older guys who really developed in the program, Renardo Green and. Jarian Jones and some of those guys. So, yeah, man, I think the draft is going to be because they didn't – well, I mean, they've gotten it with 23 wins over the last two seasons, but I think the draft will be another validation for Mike Norvell and that staff. Do you remember when COVID happened? You guys remember that, right? When COVID yeah, – Yeah, yeah, refresh yeah. my memory. Yeah, I, think so. COVID I, think, thing. I think it was in it was, uh, 2020. Uh, 2020. 2020, yeah, 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 it was 2020. Great year all around. Um, but I remember the draft that year um, – when Devin Vassell and Patrick Williams, I think, were two of the top 10 or 12 picks. And people were like, man, Leonard really had a good team this past year. And we're like, yeah, no, duh. We, we watched them beat everybody they played. They were like 26-5 and five when the season was canceled. Set a school but that, it, it was like that draft. The draft, it shouldn't have, but it validated just how talented that team was where those two guys, one of them was the sixth man. Vassell averaged, I mean, he was the lead score, but he averaged 13 a game. I, I think there could be some uh, – there will be um, a reckoning with this draft too, even if it's just seven guys, seven or eight guys off this team. That yeah. It's not just like TCU where they had two dudes drafted and they won a lot of games. I mean, this was a very talented team and an undefeated team. That, you know, it wasn't just loaded with – pretty good players they were nfl players i also and think that's what i think the draft will tell people i agree and i think that's already started with these all-star games which a lot of times these all-star games don't really mean a whole lot to your point uh a lot of it a lot of times it is what they do in practice more than it is what they do in the games but what they've done in practice is i mean you you it if this game the east west shrine game they have they have individually and i think that's kind of what's been good for for it's almost weird it's almost like backwards for a team that team was so successful because of the completeness of the team. Like it was not a team built on one or two superstars. That's why the whole argument from Herb Street and that crew was ridiculous because it, what made that team great was that it was a, such a complete team. And because it was such a complete team, I think some people got underappreciated. 
And so now when they go to these all-star events or when they go to the combine, I think it's going to give them a chance to kind of get their individual shine, which, you know, maybe they didn't get during the season, especially because they got snubbed out of the playoffs. It's a weird deal, man. Going back to the start of the season, when I would talk to Knowles throughout the state that aren't up here, don't get to go to practice, not in the media, didn't know what, you know, they're just four state fans that I know and have been friends with for a long time. They'll text me. What do you think about the team? What, what, what strength, weaknesses, whatever. Like one of the things that I kept bringing up to those people who are out of town who wanted the inside dope that was like, look, man, we have some NFL players here. Like this, it was really easy to recognize each segment group, you could be like, that guy's going to the league, that guy's going to the league. And I was, I think I said it to one of you two just walking around. We haven't said that in a long time. We may have to do the draft contest again. We, we to, it's been we a minute. We it's haven't been, done it. It used to depress time. us. It, I mean, it was kind of a joke. There was a stretch there where I didn't like when Gene would send out the email. I'm yeah. like, we, we probably shouldn't do There's, this, There guys. might be one guy in the sixth round. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it one. was tough. I'd be sending back undrafted free agent with, like, every guy <laughs> that was on the list. Was, you know, and he's like, you really don't think? No, yeah. he's not going to get drafted, Gene. But, no. No, this time around, I really thought going into the season, there was the possibility of 10 to 12. And, you know, you, know, you got to play out a season, dudes get hurt, whatever it might yeah. be. But, yeah, I thought they had 10 to 12 NFL-looking guys. And I happen to know somebody who's connected with the Seattle Seahawks organization who scouts for them. And his first text that he sent me was that, hey, man, there's a lot more NFL talent here than there was two years ago, three years ago. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's what I've been saying. He's doing a good job of bringing in – because that, that really does indicate where you're at as a program. Every year, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, others just stockpile the draft with players. Yeah. Florida State hasn't been doing that. They will this year. Well, well some of it happens when uh, – you remember in the 90s, Jeff, uh, when some guys, Florida State, Florida State players would get drafted almost because of the school they went to. Like a, yeah, a team yeah. would take a feeler in yeah. the sixth round because he started at Florida State. I think you could get some of that now, too. Like if you're between, I don't know, man, Kalen Deloach and some linebacker that played at UTEP, you might be like, well, Kalen Deloach was kind of a badass at a really good program and played a lot of, ga played a lot of games and a lot of football at that big-time level. I think you lean towards the guys that would – I think that name can start resonating with NFL teams against because let's be honest, it hasn't for half a decade at least. Like they've had – they had two guys drafted the last two years. Yeah. Total. And, now, you know, one of them was Jermaine Johnson, and then Jamie Robinson was, a, I think, a fifth or sixth-round pick. Fifth round, yeah. And so now you have a draft where you literally – you could get to double digits. I mean, Deloach is a draftable kid. Yeah. Renato Green, yeah. uh, I, I'm really interested – and Ira, he was out there, right? Jordan Travis was out there at the Senior Bowl. Obviously, didn't. No, he was at the. He went to the East West Shrine Game. I don't know if he went. Oh, to that's what it was. Yeah, because okay. they did the interview process there. I wonder where what his. What, I, he's going to be a fascinating deal because he was not going to be a first or second day pick anyway, probably. But I think he would have been a guy that it wasn't injured. Somebody would have taken him anywhere from the fourth to the seventh round. I think. And some, I wonder if they, if, who, if you think that will still happen. Who? Um. Somebody just put out have him going to the Steelers, like in the. Fifth or sixth round, maybe. Really? Yeah. yeah. I, I obviously we're all rooting for him. I hate the injury for him. I mean, I, I think he was a bit of a fourth or fifth round guy prior to the injury, so he would have got drafted. With the injury, you, you really worry about it. I mean, that's, it's a big deal. I do think the, the things that are good for him are, I mean, a, a lot of times, and again, what are you getting in your seventh round pick or sixth round pick? You know, a lot yeah. of times, and so you, this is a guy who. Could be a good quarterback. We'll see. Could definitely be a good backup quarterback. And a lot of times what you're looking for 
in a backup quarterback, especially early in their career. Accountability professional. Yeah, man, just somebody who's going to be there, do what he's supposed to do, be on top uh, of it. And I think it, you guys watch the NFL more than I do. Doesn't it? It seems to me like some of these teams now like a change of pace guy as a backup. Well, and the league has accepted right. completely the the idea that you can have a quarterback that doesn't fit the measurables right. uh, that they once did. You see it all over the league. I mean, look, look Baker Mayfield just had his best year threw for over four thousand yards. He's not quite six feet tall. Six feet tall. I mean, you look around the league now. Guys can get drafted and they're five eleven at quarterback. Five. That didn't used to happen if you had extraordinary skills. Now, I'm not saying Jordan Travis was going to get drafted there, but Jordan Travis is a guy who you know will show up. He'll understand the playbook. He'll be an awesome teammate, yeah. and he'll be a very good leader in that sense. Now, you don't need him to be great if you draft him in the seventh round. You, you're going to give him time. He's a guy that might make your team learn and has an upside a year and a half from now, two years from now, where you're like, look at this. We may have something here. So yeah. why wouldn't you? Because you know, a lot of seventh-round guys, sixth-round guys, people like that don't make the team. Jordan yeah, Travis, there's, there's, yeah. I would think there's almost zero risk with him. Like, you know you're drafting a guy that won't embarrass you on or off the field, like if he gets a shot. Nobody expects a seventh-round quarterback, and I know who's played in the Super Bowl, but nobody expects a seventh-round quarterback to be some future starter or star. So there's no pressure on him. That's what I mean. But he he would give you a reliable backup, a guy that you know is going to know the system and is going to study his ass off, and also, oh, yeah, can play. You know, I mean, he didn't he didn't do this against chumps like he's a very he he turned himself into a very good college quarterback, a very good college quarterback that didn't just beat you with his legs like he was a cerebral guy, which I think would appeal be appealing to an NFL team to just take a shot. We're going to draft a backup offensive guard in the sixth round. What? You can pull those guys off the couch. Well, I guess the Ravens did that with Flacco too, or the Browns did that with Flacco, too. But um, I just think that guy would be very worth he'd be good in the building. And I just think he'd be a great asset to a team as a later draft pick because you just don't know how healthy he's going to be. Well, and that and that I think would be the best part of it for him, you know, finding finding a positive ray of hope in his situation physically is that anybody that does draft him, for example, the Steelers drafted him, it would be with the knowledge that look, we're not, not expecting playing, a lot right. from him. We've got to get him healthy. We got to let, give him time to learn everything, understand the system, and then. You know, show it, show us what he can do going into maybe like that next year. I don't know if he's going to be available for this year or not, but but the point is there won't be pressure on him. Whereas a guy who gets drafted in the first or second round who may be asked to play right away, play sometimes right now, that yeah. sucks. The process has changed, and what they look for has changed a lot uh, in the NFL. There was a time in, in back in the day, there, Jordan Travis wouldn't get drafted, where you'd just be like, that guy does not equate to the league. But that that's changed. That's changed dramatically. We've seen all kinds of players make it. If you're a good college quarterback, even if you're lacking certain things that pros historically have wanted, you can see all throughout the league, including Brock Purdy starting in the Super Bowl, that it's possible that being responsible, being hardworking, being smart, uh, can can pass in the right system. It can pass. Nobody thinks Brock Purdy, if, if thrown into some other situation, would have had as much success as he's had in San Francisco. But that's not the point. He only has to be able to do what they're asking him to do, and he can. I I don't know. And again, this doesn't bother me necessarily, but like, so Spencer, Spencer Rattler, I guess, had a great week there because people were talking him up. And then he won the MVP, even though he only completed four out of four passes. But I mean – did anybody see anything in his college career that you're like, okay, he's going to be our franchise quarterback? But it seems like people – there's because he did well at this event this week, I don't know, man. There's like a lot of buzz. When I was there, there was a lot of buzz about him. I, I don't 
I always try to separate, is it that you're surprised he looked good and therefore he might get drafted, where I went into these practices thinking he was a fifth or sixth round guy at best? Yeah. Like, did he just elevate? And is that the surprise? As opposed right. to yeah, like, oh know. my God, yeah, Spencer Rattler. Question. You know, because, I mean, yeah. we all know that you're not drafted Spencer Rattler in the first two rounds. So, right. I mean, he may have just elevated his stock. Seminole Headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV continues in a moment. Time to talk Shopify. A couple years ago, I wanted to create and sell headlines merch for the best podcast listeners in the world. That's you guys. But I had no idea where to get started. Now we're selling Yay Sausage shirts, and it's so easy, all because we use Shopify. (coughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify is the only tool you'll need to grow your business without the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. You could be selling Don Julio socks from Shopify's in-person point-of-sale system or offering headliner shirts from Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. So you'll sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I really love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase, now to grow your business, no matter what stage of the game you're in. Shopify.com slash warchant. Hey headliners, last year we wanted to launch our official merch store. And after looking at countless vendor options, I chose to work with Shopify and I'm so glad we did. Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Whether you're a startup using your man cave or your IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool you'll need to grow your business without all the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. You could be selling satin sheets from Shopify's in-person point-of-sale system or offering yay sausage t-shirts from Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform. And once you've reached your audience, Shopify has the internet's best converting checkout to help you turn them from browsers into buyers. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the United States. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. This is possibility powered by Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash warchant. Go to shopify.com slash warchant in lowercase now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash warchant. Seminal Headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for War Chant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chofel, and Corey Clark. Got to wonder how pumped up the uh, audience is for me to introduce basketball to the discussion. <laughs> I think we should let what, Corey... What basketball in particular? I mean, yeah. I guess it depends on what basketball. Yeah. I think, I think we should let Corey dissect the Louisville loss in uh, route to a discussion about the game against Boston College tonight. That'll keep him locked in. I will say. That game is tonight? Yeah. Love oh, you, Leonard. Okay. Can't lose to Louisville, and you can't give up 100-plus points. What the hell? 100 points is a lot. Dude, 101 points for that <laughs> sorry-ass team. That. that oh. 
They were like 218th in the country in scoring coming into that game, and you gave them you gave them 101. And it wasn't just like, look, if it had played out the normal way without fouling at the end, they would have only gotten to like 91. But <laughs> I, they still had 47 in the first half. Yeah, What's they last shot. time Louisville scored 47 points in a first half. They did back shoot 40. when Purvis Ellison was there. They did shoot 45 free throws. Here, that was the thing. The frustrating thing about that game is. You can't even point to the officiating for being the problem because, but the officiating was awful. I mean, it was ridiculous the way they called that game from the first half to the second. First half, they're mugging people and nothing's getting called. Right. Second half, they're just calling everything and now it's just a free throw competition. Um, so that was terrible. I mean, it's just made for an all around awful viewing experience. And then this kid from Louisville, who I am convinced, the freshman from Louisville, who was a, a 27 and 12 or something. I'm convinced he's going to go two of 19 in his next game. And 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 so that's going to even infuriate. Just be ready to be infuriated even more when you see that. Nobody's going to see it. They're not well, going to see People it. will point that <laughs> out. People will. always point yeah. that out. It is. Well, they'll it, see the box score. They yeah, might look yeah. at the box well, score. Well, when yeah, they see the box score. Watching, yeah. Nobody's watching the game. But, no, here's the thing. The one thing I did want to say about that, though, is the, pro- the biggest problem in that game wasn't just the game. It's because they – have ruined any goodwill that they had and they and they didn't they lost so much goodwill in, in last year and the first half of this season. My point is teams have bad games. Sure. You have like college basketball teams that will have stinkers where they go on the road, lose by 15 and people are like what's going on? But you have so much in your reservoir of good wins or, or goodwill that it's not that big of a deal. But when they they've got so little of either, they showed a ray of hope and then to have that effort it's it feels inexcusable. I worried about it. I, I did oddly because of the seven day break. Right. And I, you know, I, I hate that. Yeah. And then you come out looking like that. It doesn't help that, you know, Ken, a Kenny Payne team has never, this is true, scored 100 points. Well, we could say they were not coached to do that. I mean, it was, a, it was, not, a, it was not an X's and no wizardry, yeah. I don't think, on either side. But uh, no, it wasn't. But you can't allow a team to score no. over 30 plus points more than their average. Did they ever well, break I, out the zone at all? And I know no. Leonard. I know Leonard doesn't like play zone, but they have played a few possessions here, or there. Maybe you should have just tried it for a possession well, it, or two. And that's what uh, that's what kind of bothers me about it is I know Florida State's just going to do what they're going to do, and they're a bad matchup for a lot of teams that like to run sets right. that have offenses where they're running three or four sets and a set off a set in a you know in an in, in action off another action ironically when well, Chris Mack was at Louisville that's why he could never right c- yeah com- but correct Louisville with Kenny Payne is just man if you got the ball they, they, there's no semblance of an offense which when you're trying to guard a jet quick point guard with six seven or six ten he gets into the paint at will and you don't adjust that is a great matchup for Louisville a team like that that particular Louisville team. Now, it might not be a great matchup for Boston College because their point guard isn't Louisville's point guard, and they might have more, lot more struggle. They might struggle a lot more to score. But that's what I. That's what bothered me. I, I don't even know if you could say it was just horrible effort. No, I, thought, I agree. It, I agree. You, you know, you, we, that defense where you switch everything and you're guarding good point guards or a guy that's having a great night with a dude that can't stay in front of them, you got no chance. And yeah. most teams want to run action. Louisville's just like getting the paint and getting up. Shoot it or pass it to me, and I'll dunk it. And, and that's, that's what they did all night. And it got complicated by the officiating. So, again, I'm, well, not, right. I'm not putting it yeah. on the officials, but I'm just saying that made it even worse because that kid was quick so he could get a step on anybody. And then if anything happened, 
they were going to blow the whistle. The problem here's the question. That's here's also question. predictable, though, right? You got to know that going oh, in yeah, how quick sure. that kid is. That drives yeah. me nuts. It's not like they didn't look at film. They know who he is. They know that's a matchup problem with the way we play. But Louisville had won six effing games and was two hundred and twelve. Oh, it's, it's just there's no getting around it, and you've ruined your season. Now, there's no coming yeah. back from this now. The, the, the season is ruined. Now you got some chances for some nice wins, but you're not going to the NCAA tournament. That's that's a done. I mean, and look, well, I've got a I've Louisville, got a hot I've got a hot take, but go ahead. Finish. Oh boy, let's. Well, I, hear the I guess take. my question now is, to me, honestly, like I liked what I was seeing from this team, the way it had played since January first. I really had, and I was like, okay, I can see some direction in the program. I can see some hope for the future in the program. That loss was so bad, giving up 101 points, and then you look at the rest of the schedule, and you're like, okay. If they go 15 and 17 or 17 and 15, what happens? Well, here's real quick, two things. One is I think there's some nuance in what you were just saying there that I think I would like to bring up. And I'll give you my little stupid hot take. But the nuance I'm thing really is – I'm pumped about this hot take. Well, the nuance goes – I want a warm it's take. A, it's a tongue-in-cheek hot take. But uh, the nuance is what happened from January 1st through – what happened from after the Lipscomb game to the North Carolina game yeah. did happen. Right. Right. And so, and like I said earlier, usually you're going to have a stinker. A stinker is going to happen. The pro- the reason this looks so bad is because of what happened before January 1st. You've had a bunch of them. So if they can re- continue what they were doing, because teams do that all the time. Teams will be playing well, have one awful night, Losing and then again. come back and start playing better. If they do that, because my point is, Corey, when we were sitting there at the North Carolina game, you were looking at the roster and go, oh, well, shoot, they only lose Darren Green. And I mean, you know, this yeah. team might be something decent next year. That's my only argument is that didn't change. Like and, and so if they go back to playing well and they've closed the season off playing well, are they going to make the team tournament isn't that large? No. Uh, almost no chance of that. But that wouldn't change the trajectory of the program by one awful night. Usually teams can survive an awful night because they haven't they didn't have that first semester, which was so bad. Back to my hot take. Hey, the nice thing is, guys. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have to worry about these regular season games anymore because they're not going to be in that large. They just got to – no pressure. Just win the Just play these right. games. Tournament. There's no pressure anymore. <laughs> there was pressure in that game. There's no more pressure anymore. Just go win the ACC tournament, and then you're in. Yeah, that that's is the only way they'll win. That's all yeah. they'll – yeah, but that loss knocked them out of the NIT. Like, uh, not who even, cares about the NIT? Did you, were you going to go to the NIT? NIT. Like, what were the chances? I want to go to the postseason. What would you, how much money would you have bet on no, Jeff I'm going to the NIT? I'm not traveling to an NIT game. I wanted him no, to make you some even sort go of to the, You wouldn't go to the Tucker Center for an NIT game. <laughs> Unless you no, had a free, you a free seat in the club with right. you know, free food and drinks. Yeah, That's I would do that. Chance. Sure, nothing wrong with that. That's all the NIT deserves out of me. <laughs> I'll go to I'll go to that sorry ass NIT if it's at home, but you got to at least make the NIT. Like you have the level of teams that make it, you can't even get into that. Then there's this secondary level of kind of sorry ass teams that make a tournament, can't even get into that. Man, when you're when you're rock bottom, not even getting into the NIT, good God, man! And you ask what happens, Corey? Well, I mean, it, what, well, that's what I you know because at the end of the year, and look, we're in the we're at the beginning of February, and so we can't be too reactionary about a good stretch or a horrible loss. We will have to reassess in the middle of March, but like, you know, what if the what if the two weeks the three week stretch in January was the anomaly? Well, and what happened before and what happened starting with Louisville is the re- real team. That'll be. I, uh, I just a different you know again. I I was hoping. I I thought we were past the, hey, are we are they going to have to fire Leonard? Kind of conversation, um, and I'm not advocating for that. I'm not advocating for them not to do it. I'm sitting squarely on a fence. I was hoping. I don't want them to do that's that. Where we I want you. Want that's that's that. the best talk radio. <laughs> yeah, it's really. right there in the middle. 
But it's don't real. Say anything. Like, no, no. You don't say it's anything. It's real. Just funny. Well, I'm not we just listen, hopping Corey. Off the fence. Corey, we all I'm wrestle. I'm not going to hop off the fence for no reason or just to just to play radio. Um, I like the man a lot, and we I really do. do appreciate what he's done for the program. But, but but I guess my point is, if they're at the end of the year and they're 16 and 16, yeah, they're better than they were at nine wins. But we're now three years removed from Scotty Barnes. In this program is an afterthought. Well, you can and, say this because I think Leonard would understand it. He may not like it, but he would understand it. It's not unreasonable for a, a fan, a fan who's watching this from afar, to say, look, guys, they haven't been relevant in three years. At the end of this yeah. year, if they don't do anything, you, you can point that out because it's true. And the counter to that might be, well, you know, Leonard did a lot of great things and this isn't a traditional basketball school and, you know, maybe people starting to have the debate or even asserting that they think he should be fired. It's not an it's not a crazy thing to say. No, it's not. But here's the other thing I would say, and this is why I just I push back on the just the overreaction sometimes to a one game sample. Sure. Is I was at, I had lunch last week with a couple guys. Uh, well, a couple, in the last couple weeks, with a couple guys who played basketball at Florida State, and they were excited about this team. And then after yep. they lost, the Florida State lost to North Carolina. Every every fan I talked to, I would ask them. Yeah. How'd you feel about that game? Yeah. And every single fan I talked to they was right like, there. man, they were right there. They, they played right. hard, yeah. just missed some free throws, but I, I liked it. And so to me, I can't get on along with, okay, now it's, it's complete. It's been not, a complete not, disaster. Not because of the Louisville right. game, although that's a disastrous It was loss. a disastrous game. I, and it's I'm not, not a, the first tonight. one, as you pointed out, the right. Lipscomb game. I mean, Louisville's right yes. below Lipscomb, but if the, if what well, you happens, can't have been there a week ago or no. two weeks ago, and then now, oh man, well, Ira, you act like. Remember everybody being excited about the Notre Dame overtime loss in 21? The very next week they yeah. lost to Jacksonville State and everybody was off. That's fandom. Like no, if, I get it. You have another data point. I, I get mean, it. That was a, I'm, and again, I hope you don't throw me in with those fans that think Leonard should be fired. No. I think we wait, and I don't want him to be fired, period. I think it would just be off. I, I want him to go out on his own, one way or the other, go out on his own, hopefully with the NCAA tournament team. Um, so let's hope they win that tournament in uh, North Carolina. <laughs> no, I, but, I, I'm with you. I'm, I was trying to kind of echo what you're saying why, and explain yeah. kind of why you it's, why it's you're, why you want to see loss. yeah why you want to see more of the season. But I'm also answering to I know people listening to this going, are you effing kidding me with these guys defending Leonard Hamilton? I'm not. I just want to see the next several games. Yeah, I'm basketball worried. is like that, man. I'm really worried. I, I'm worried uh, that yeah. they, they go Korean off the mountain. But you're worried. Four weeks yeah. ago, and then they had a great without run. Without question. Right. Without question. But the problem now you is You think that, like, you're beyond a loss like that, well, though, and that's, but, that's I, the but thing. I, but that, my point is nobody is. Like, teams that are great have losses like that. I'm not excusing it. I'm just saying it happens. Teams the, get – it yeah, just happens. I, I guess when you project ahead, though, they're at BC tonight. That's essentially a coin flip. If they can hit some shots, well, they'll win. If and they've, they've, lost they their la- they've lost their last three games there. Yeah, they're, it's a nightmare It's there. definitely they're, – they're an underdog and in that game. they're home against Virginia. Good luck. Yeah, Virginia's holding everybody to 40 30 points, points, and I game. hate that it's program. Awful. I hate it. Uh, so now you, you could be looking at, at best, you beat Boston College, and lo- you probably lose one of these next two games, and now you've lost, I don't know, four yeah. out of six, and in, in the, the momentum you built is over, and then, you know, that's where – I just don't see how they can it. rebound. I just don't want to see respond. it go careening off the cliff. No, I, I agree. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, that's what I'm scared about and when you have some disappointments like that. Like they fought their ass off against North Carolina, and then this game happens, and you're like, uh-oh. Now, if they lose to BC tonight, you can see, you know, you, you get Chandler Jackson, I don't know what's going on with him, and he's Didn't in Ham's doghouse, and uh, you just start to get worried. Do people become – you know, look, they could have packed it in after that awful start, so maybe they won't. Yeah. Maybe they won't. 
but I worry that they will. I'm not, if- I'm not predicting that they are going to keep going and, and have a great finish to the season. I'm not predicting that they're going to do anything. Uh, they may go in the tank. I think it could yeah. go either way. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Or they could be down the, down the middle. And then, But my point is we kind of need to see what happens before. I mean, we can discuss it, but I just don't I, – I, I have a hard time with, you know, one week people are – feeling yeah, very good about, about it, and then going. the next week it's like, oh, this has been a complete disaster. Just like free throw shooting, you know, somebody mentioned Andy Enfield in the chat, and I don't have a problem with that comment, although USC has not had a very good year. But I w- the thing, it's funny, like the things that people have in their historical knowledge, and then they just bring back up whenever it's convenient. Yeah, Andy Enfield like got all this credit for Florida State free throw shooting when he was an assistant coach yeah. here. Then he's been gone for a long time. And Florida State had some years where they shot great free throws. You know when they did? When they had really good players. Those, yeah, those are usually the, shooters. Those are the teams. <laughs> kind of like the inbounds pass, too. Right. Remember when they couldn't get the ball in? <laughs> yeah. They, they had they, bad players. And they got good players. They got the ball in all the time. <laughs> so so when they had the North Carolina game, they couldn't shoot free throws. Yeah. Everybody started bringing up Andy Enfield. Why, we, why can't we get Andy Enfield back? Guys, if you have better players, they're going to hit their free throws. Better shooters. Let's hope it doesn't go Carini. That's all we'll say. Because then, then they do. They probably forced into a decision at that point. If they, if it they, is a lot. Oh, yeah, hey, sure. it'll be a lot more Taylor Swift talk, which is what everybody needs in their lives right oh, now. Oh, especially now. It's more Taylor Swift talk. <laughs> Seminal headlines. Ninety-three-three. Real Talk Radio. War Chant TV continues in a moment. Hey, headliners and elite headliners. It's Ira here, and it's time to talk Shopify. As you remember, a couple of years ago, we wanted to create and sell headlines merch for the best podcast listeners in the world. That's you. But we had no idea where to get started. Now we're selling Yay Sausage shirts, and it's so easy. All because we use Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're a startup working out of your man cave or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool you need to grow your business without all the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. You could be selling Don Julio socks from Shopify's in-person point-of-sale system or offering headliner shirts from Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform. Whatever you need, you're covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love most about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up today for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase, and they'll help you grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Go to shopify.com slash warchant. Seminal Headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for War Chant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chofel, and Corey Clark. I just saw the comment there, P. Simpson, and it makes me laugh. Hubie can, Brown would be great for this program. I, <laughs> yeah, he's still kicking it. Can I say one last thing on him real quick? I think yeah. Jeff wanted to move on. Here's a th- – I guess, you know, in the – some of his comments, I think, yesterday. I didn't hear it. I think maybe it was on the ACC call. I saw a couple of tweets from Bob Ferrante, um, maybe somebody else, about that, you know, Ham talked about, you know, just the lack of leadership on that team, and that may have led to, you know, that situation. And the, here's the one thing I would say about this whole situation. I think what happens at the end of the season, what decisions Michael Alford, the administration, anybody else makes, is got to be based entirely on the results at this point because 
really the, in year 2021, like it, the circumstances yeah. can't really matter. Um, you've built this team. You've you've it's gone through whatever it's gone through these last couple of years. Just like last year, I didn't think it was fair for him to say, "Well, I didn't get the memo about the transfer portal." Well, that's an indictment on you that you have to you had to have gotten the memo. Now he has, but then you can't turn around and say, "Okay, well, we don't have enough leadership." I mean, you you've been here, you built this program, so that's the only thing I would say on that. Like, I don't think it's going to matter really what stories or excuses or, or thoughts or reasons at this point. Yeah, you know, it's going to be what happens in this last stretch of the season. I think is going to determine what they have to do and I, what i was saying Corey, to you is i mean we were we all because we respect and really like the man and he's done some great things here we kind of walk on eggshells but the truth of the matter is if you're just speaking from a fan standpoint if they lose a bunch of games that yeah. almost unanimously they're going to want him gone period that's right. just the way it is and that's how ugly it will get and you'll start to hear that more and more and you know and i get it and i get it uh favorite of the newcomer interviews Who's the one that stands out most to either one of you? That you I know Corey's. I'm well. Oh, it was uh, a man. Durjaye. 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 The kid from West Virginia. Yeah. Um, the defensive end. I, man, if you go watch his interview, I wrote a whole column on it, Jeff. You were I, traveling. I, I know that's why you I, didn't I, I saw it. the column. I understand. I knew. Um, I, man, it's not right. It's not normal. And it's probably stupid <laughs> to just judge how a player is going to be based on a 10-minute interaction with him behind a podium. But number one, he's huge. He's big. Um, and I love kids with crazy confidence, irrational confidence. Uh, this kid's talking about being a first round pick and I love, it's like, uh, you shoot for the moon, you shoot for the stars. You might land on the moon kind of thing. I don't, it was that a Jerry Springer saying, I don't remember. I'm Casey glad Kasem, you went there. Casey Casey. Yeah. You might land on the moon. So he wants to be a first round pick. He expects to be a first round pick. Well, maybe he's a fourth-round pick, or maybe he's a second-team all-conference guy. But I love guys that expect that kind of stuff out of themselves because I think they're driven a little differently, and I, I expect him to make a bigger impact than I did a week ago. Well, I thought I he was going to make a big impact. Anyhow, I, okay, yeah. go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I certainly like it when they're 6'5", 280. Yeah, it's better. It's better <laughs> it's than like when they're 5'11". Keyshawn Helton believed yeah. in himself. <laughs> yeah. You know. yeah. Hey, it's true. Hey, let, let's just let's say this. I think collectively – what you see is, and what you hear, is a level of maturity that I'm very fond of. Guys that are coming from Power 5 programs that have had some success or recruited heavily heavily by other Power 5 programs, a lot of those guys, especially the Alabama kids, you can hear it. I mean, they sound like pros in some cases. Yeah. They just sound like professional athletes. It's amazing. If you close your eyes, didn't know where they were from, and you listen to that conversation, there were several times where I was like, well, that, that kid just sounds like polished, like he's been in the league. And... They've got a lot of guys like that. That stood out to me collectively from the newcomers. A lot of mature voices. Yeah, and I don't know. And to Corey's point, like it's, we can only get so much. I mean, I, I, I yeah. watched the interview. I can tell why Corey was impressed by the guy. We don't know for sure that that's how it's going to translate. But I will say that that's exactly why I like Trey Benson. If you remember when Trey Benson came in and did his introductory interview, the way he was so defiant and confident when people kept asking about his knee injury and the fact that he really didn't do anything in Oregon – he wasn't like abrasive about it, but he just there was just a quiet confidence and resolve about him. You could feel it. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, man, this kid, I'm I'm with this kid, and I, we know he was talented by what he did in high school. And I think it's the same situation uh, with with Durajaye in the sense that he, uh, um, you know, just I mean, look, man, he's physically supremely gifted. I mean, he's if he can move at all, and I know he said he wants to drop a little weight, but dude, that's a that's a big dude. Uh, and they really he's also I mean, 19. Yeah, he's 19 years old. I mean, he's gonna be 20 soon, but he's 19 right now, which is crazy. I mean, there's there's kids that are 19 
that are part of this freshman recruiting class. He's already 19 and played two years of college football. Now, I know he didn't play at Kentucky, but he was at Kentucky for a year. And then he was, he's been around big-time college football now for two years, and he's only 19. Like, that's another thing that really excites you is you never know with kids these days and the ages because everybody holds their, their kids back. Um, we should have done that with Brady. I'll be honest with you guys. We should have held him back and had him repeat kindergarten. <laughs> he'd, be the, he'd be like the number eight player in the class of 2027, but yeah. now he's got no chance. Uh, we just we did we did wrong by him, but yeah. So I, the fact that he's only nineteen uh, is really really uh, intriguing too. Uh, Joseph in the chat said he loves the show. Uh, if Trayshawn tried coming back uh, from BC, uh, would we take him or say rooms full for Trayshawn Ward? Tra- uh, yeah, uh, yeah that's he- right. I forgot he went to Boston College, and he now did. they just uh, lost their coach. That's right. Yeah, I can't. Would imagine. you take Castellanos? I, I would not. I would not. No. I actually watched them a good bit. I don't know how much you watch them later I, in the I, season. Um, I watched them more than I probably should have just because, I don't know, I'm a glutton for punishment. But but they uh, he is – man, he'll make five or six incredible plays, and yeah. then he will throw the ball to a linebacker. And what, no, what if he came to you and was like, look, the only place I would leave Boston College for is Florida State, and I don't even need a guaranteed spot. I just want to be in that program and give me a shot after DJ leaves to win the job. Would you not just take them so you don't have to play them? <laughs> I'm not worried just, about playing them in the state that BC's in. All right, in. It's, it's, it'll be their first game, so you know he's going to be healthy and he's going to be running around like a deer. Yeah, but you've seen him and you know it. And if you're Adam Fuller and you let it happen again, no. I mean, that was a flu game. I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about okay, it. Okay. Because to Iris' point, I did watch him because I thought yeah. that this might have been a little bit – a little bit of smoke and mirrors. I thought there was some odd stuff going on there. And then when when I watched him later on, he'd have these games where you're like, wow, lighten it up. And then the next game, you'd be like, he's terrible. Or from How series in the world to series. this guy? Yeah. yeah, it really, he was, there are stretches where he's awful. Yeah. yeah like, not yeah, just like bad. can't play at all. Yeah. Like, like this guy's ass. And then there would be times where you're like, oh, he's running around again. Which is annoying, but that's not exactly what I'm building it on. So I like Corey's th- idea, though. He's good. Corey wants to go back to the old Alabama days where they sign 200 players guys. so they don't have to play anybody yeah. else. Yeah, man, because that's the thing. That's the season opener for them. So they might run him crazy yeah. for 170 yards and might get busted up and not have a game like that again. But he did it that day against you, just like he did. He was a little bit fresher. Earlier in the season, his second start and his first start was against Holy Cross. Well, we had guys holding knees and couldn't breathe. It was well, like right. yeah, that was a weird set of circumstances. Plus, they got that big lead and just kind of took the foot off the gas. Also, I think it's an advantage for Florida State to have had the game against Georgia Tech before facing oh, Boston sure. College. That's a huge right. advantage. I mean, nobody can re- recreate the speed of the game in practice. So the kid comes out there. I know he's a great athlete, but you're going to be accustomed to what he can do. You already saw it. He already burned you once. Now you've played a game. You ought to be in good shape for that. I do need It'd be to interesting to see if he even stays there. Like yeah, who? They don't know who's going to. Their coach is going to. They don't well, have a coach on, yet, right? Uh, if you follow Bruce Feldman on Twitter. You know that Bill O'Brien clearly wants the job, and Bruce Feldman's doing everything he can to get him. To, he tweets about Bill O'Brien, I, sw- I swear, yeah. six times a day. It's, They're boys. Oh, my god! They've gone out I mean, and had some wine. Yeah, I love That's my favorite part of this season, seeing which uh, coaches that different national reporters Prop tend. up, yeah, yeah. They've had a good time. We'll get to headliner questions as we start the next hour. Hang with us. Seminole Headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV.